What's up everybody and welcome back to Young to Live By. Now today we're talking about our one true love. It seems to be that when we're children, maybe especially girls, I don't know, I was quite romantic, especially when I was small. You know, you, you grow up and you have these fantasies and these ideas about your one true love. You know, you're going to grow up and get married and have children and be really, really happy. And it seems that a part of us desires that and we find it in a potential partner. And, you know, you go through that honeymoon phase of a relationship, perhaps, and there's this rush of hormones, infatuation. You're locked together magnetically, alchemically. But it looks like another part of us doesn't really want that to happen, at least on the surface. The psychodynamics of attraction, especially in terms of monogamous attraction and where love plays into this, is quite complicated. Because, you know, people cheat and people break up with each other. Sometimes, if not most of the time, for seemingly no real reason. In a way that potentially these things could be fixed. But it's as if our ego has one idea and our anima has another idea. It goes to where it wants to, where the ego is quite a frustrated little thing. And it's like, why can't I just access the divine feminine or the divine masculine through my partner? It's a very complicated thing. So that's a question that we got today from someone at the Merlin's Workshop tier on Patreon, and you can join him by signing up at that tier or higher on the Patreon. And the question goes like this, which I will ask to Steve in the past. He says, when anima projecting onto a woman outside of your relationship, how do you know when it's right to leave and when it's right to stay? I.e., how do you know when it's appropriate to address an unsatisfactory relationship within the relationship itself versus when the other person just isn't right for you. Does it ultimately come down to ego choice? Does the unconscious have a definite position? Is that problem solved via the personal myth? So Steve, in the past, what do you think? Wow, what, what an intelligent question. Unfortunately, there isn't a simple answer. Uh, I guess he's anticipated that already because it will depend on the initial conditions in the, the original relationship. If the original, I would say anyway, if the original relationship was a good one and it was worth staying in, but there's been some kind of pressure which has caused a projection outside of that, yes, then it's better to resolve that and yeah. use that as fuel for personal development mm -hmm. and development within the relationship that you have so that can move on. Yeah. However, if the original relationship isn't right for you, and of course that happens then it's an opportunity to reframe the whole thing. From the unconscious's perspective, there isn't one force at work. It's important to understand that. Paulie mentioned earlier about competing instincts and, and they do compete with one another as well. As a general rule of thumb, instincts broker no opposition to themselves unless it's another instinct or system of interrelated instincts that can impose some kind of suppression on that instinct. There, if you like, a complexity of nested elements which interact themselves on the basis of information coming in from the environment, from the outside world, and filtered through ego consciousness. All of that's being monitored overall. You could say that that's the self-archetype if that's your choice of, re of resolution. That's okay, that's fine, that fits within the psychological level. However, there is a biological substrate to this, and there is a timed release mechanism that we all go through. For example, James, um, you're the age you are, you're 24 years old, you're not 14. You had no choice physically 
in developing from the age of 14 onwards biologically to the age of 24. It just happened because it's under the time release of your genome. But it's not just physical factors that are like that. Also psychological factors, psychosocial adaptations as well. And Pauline's mentioned this before, there is a trip wire age, particularly for women, mm. that kicks in around the age of 27 to 28, where they'll very often, even if they're in a stable and balanced relationship, begin to find that they're projecting quite crazily and irrationally, if you like, it may be rational from the point of view of the instincts outside of that. And this seems to be, in our experience, to be under biological instinctive pressure, usually to reproduce before the age of 30. And you can understand why that is, because the best biological reproductive years are, <clears throat> are early on. Yeah. And therefore, then you get this. And what can happen then is that if that person's been exposed to a particular psychological theory, let's say a Jungian one, they will interpret their projection in those psychological terms rather than understand that it's something that lies outside of that level of resolution and comes from deep within the genome. That's fine in some respects because that psychological model can offer a level of understanding that allows you to interact constructively with instinctive pressure and get a resolution to those drives. But at other times, it might not. It all depends on how that model's been delivered and received. So an understanding of it at a, at a biological level can sometimes cut away a lot of the distress and anxiety at a psychological level. It can ground somebody and they can say, oh, right, so that's what's going on. It's as simple as that. Yeah. You know, uh, the alternative might be they're going into relationship counselling with someone who doesn't understand, say, Jungian theory, and therefore has no real model to explain it psychologically, but tries to work at it at a simplistic level of marriage guidance and relationship counselling and compromise and all these other words that we use. Instincts aren't interested in that, not in the slightest. That's just something to be pushed out of the way so people can actualize. So really, it, it all depends on the initial conditions and then what might be working itself through. If you engage with it at a psychological level, then your language has to, I would suggest, become Jungian yeah. because it is the best model for explaining it at that level. Yeah, if, if you use an instinctive model, you have mm. to ask yourself what has health for you, yeah. don't you? you and do. if I could link it back to uh, the previous question and answer where you, you talked a bit about um, essentially what's the case study, uh, the gentleman that you... We're yeah, working yeah. with the pa the paranormal phenomena, yeah. um, the guy with the OCD. Yes, um, he was somebody who'd really that's married true. the wrong yes, person. Had, if yeah. if you were to take yeah. it right back to the beginning, yeah, that's right. Yeah. He he literally knew on the day, or he decided instinctively he knew he shouldn't be marrying this woman, but he went ahead with it anyway. That's true. And then yeah. under instinctive pressure, he had children with her yeah and so he kind of compounded the error yes for want of a better expression yeah and he developed thoughts of horrific intent he did towards it, her and the children uh, which is a psychiatric term yeah uh, and that's a kernel if you mm. like of ideation cognition if you're a cbt enthusiast but a, a kernel of ideation which emerges with fantasies about murder killing harming yes. in some way and it, it was triggered immediately the night after the yes. wedding he wanted, or he fantasized about killing his wife. Yeah. 
and it got worse when his first child was born that's and right. that's what caused him to to come to us yes uh to some help and he was one of if the if not the most difficult person in that sense that i've ever worked with in yes my life. pretty much intractable intractable ocd mm. yeah he did get a lot of recovery from, yes, his, he did. from his symptoms but the issue which ended it following the paranormal phenomenon and then when i had the dream with young telling me that it wasn't going to go any further yes uh, had to do with his failure to face up to his relationship I didn't ask him to do it though, because otherwise I would become an agent. Well, you'd be telling someone to leave their I mean, relationship. Yeah, which I don't think you should actively do. You no. know, people should um, come to that conclusion themselves if it's appropriate. Yes. Or perhaps I should have done. You know, maybe I should have said, "Look, you, you're going to be better off out of this relationship." But then there are children involved as well. Yes. Um, she was uh, definitely dominant. Oh, yes. Uh, she would humiliate him she, uh, in yeah. front of people all the time. Uh, it happened in front of us. It did. She humiliated yeah. him in front of us, mm. and more than once. Yeah. Um, she was a burly, repressed nymphomaniac. I think I can say quite confidently about that, that if anybody would have had her, she'd have been off. The problem she had was is that no one was interested other than him. And the resentment uh, for that, if you like, reproductively for her, is that she had him as someone left on the shelf no one else wanted it yes uh, because of their horrible attitude and adaptation yeah. which is extremely extroverted there was no insight no reflexivity Nothing. at all no. um she turned on him and bullied him and he just took it yes because he was in a similar state of not believing anybody else would want him yeah although at one point he did find an ex-girl that he was infatuated with yeah. but had not had a proper relationship with on Facebook and uh, he didn't stalk her but he did in a way but not that she knew about it he would just go to places yeah where not in any predatory not way any predatory he just wanted way. some proximity to, like, he wanted, to to the image he wanted proximity yeah. to the memory to the yes, image he did. if you like the, the positive anima complex yeah. so he could reanimate himself uh, with respect to that but it, it wasn't working for a variety of reasons but yeah, yeah. That, that's an example of where something was wrong for both parties yes it was and she wasn't with him on the journey he, he was prepared to mm. do his best as, yeah. as an sort of a, an average person to understand what might be happening psychodynamically yeah. but she wouldn't join him in that not really yeah yeah i mean she was so disturbed she had um, a cardboard cutout of james bond in the bedroom <laughs> and yeah. uh, she would prefer yeah to go and uh, put him in the bed with her than her husband. The cardboard cutout of Bond. And she thought that was funny. I guess it is. Uh, I don't think he appreciated it very much. But she spends a lot of time in bed during the day. Put it that way. And so her libido wasn't invested in the relationship no. to a human being. It was literally to a cardboard cutout. Mm. Very sad. Yeah. Yeah. Very sad. But yeah, um, to try to put it back into context, mm. it does all depend on the initial conditions. It does, yeah. Um, That's why I su uh, mm. suggested that, because the initial conditions were wrong. Yes, they were. So yeah. everything that was that flowed from that was was just going to be a problem as yeah. well. Yeah. So I think, like you're saying, if you, if you start off in a good place and things go wrong after that, it's yeah. a very different scenario it is. to that one. It is. It can be extremely painful when that happens to people yeah. who are actually meant to be together. Yes. But nevertheless, something from outside them, and there's nothing more impersonal than an instinct. Now, I often champion instincts in the sense that people should pay attention to them. That's not to say you give in to them, but you pay attention to them. Mm. Uh, 
And when they're intact, as in they are delivering the information and the pressure that they're intended to, generally they don't turn on you. Mm. That doesn't mean you just give in. It means that you make the proper judgment with respect to what kind of pressure you're under to adapt in a particular situation because a conscious personality has a responsibility and that is to be the interface between the outer world and the inner world. It's not meant to be shaped by the outer world exclusively or the inner world exclusively. It has to make that rational choice. You'll find your instincts generally will sort themselves out, will align and deliver properly for you if you do that. If, however, though, you over-adapt to the environment and then start to become disentangled, if you like, from the energy of your instincts, so you pay no attention to them, you will become their victim. Yes. And they will manufacture the mother, literally, of all complexes, mm -hmm. because it's all about relating at that point. What Jung called the anima will turn on you. You will experience it as, an, as a negative archetype, the negative pole of the anima archetype in in that guise, it's actually your instincts turning on you for relating because you're not doing a good enough job. And then it will project out ahead of you into the environment and then the negative animal in the environment will come back out you, at you as well. The whole thing will then start to break down. So you need to be in touch with your instincts. You need to have a proper consciousness and a proper adaptation to the environment. Then the anima will work for you. If you don't, then problems will arise under instinctive pressure and they'll be quite severe as a result. Thank you for watching this episode of Young to Live By. If you haven't already, make sure you download our free PDF for integrating your shadow. It includes the most advanced theory on the topic available anywhere on the internet, as well as a full practical breakdown. If you've ever wanted to integrate your shadow, this is honestly the way to do it. Thanks again for watching and take care.